Come on, I feel a visitation of God in this place. I feel a visitation of the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Would you lift up high praise to him with your mouth? Hallelujah, the praise of your lips is powerful in his presence. Hallelujah, don't let it just be all the clapping of the hands, but with lifted voice. I praise you, Lord. I want to articulate it to you. How great that you are. How mighty that you are. How holy that you are. How righteous, oh God. How powerful that you are. What a healer you are. What a way maker that you are. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing that destroys every yoke. I wonder, does anybody want to tell the Lord how great he is? Hallelujah. Oh, yes, I feel it right now. I feel it right now. We praise you. 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 There is a powerful anointing in this place on this Sunday evening, December the 19th. I expect no less than the Lord to be miraculous and supernatural in this place. In the coming year, even right now, even before January the 1st, you should make a commitment to God. This year, I'm going to win a soul. I got three amens with that. If you can't say it with your mouth, it'll never happen. You ought to declare to the Lord this year, I'm going to win a soul. Somebody's going to heaven because I'm going to reach somebody this year. Your apostolic witness is more powerful than you know. Paul described it like this. He said, we are walking epistles, known and read of all men. Your attitude, your actions, your smile, your faith, your posture, everything about what you do and how you act, how you pray, is a, is a magnet. It either, it either attracts or it can repel people away from you. It can bring people to the Lord. Amen. So I'm going to say it again. You should declare with your mouth this year, I'm going to win a soul. The devil is going to lose one more at least because I'm going to reach him before he can get him, before he can take him to hell. Amen. People are going to get the Holy Ghost this year. I believe this is going to be a great year of harvest. The numbers are already coming up. People are already being drawn to the house of the Lord. Something is being released in the body of Christ. Amen. It doesn't matter what the enemy says or what people say out there. You cannot stop the church. It is founded upon a rock. 
The gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Many times we get our eyes on how vicious the level of vitriol and how vicious that the attack of the enemy is. Just let it be great because what is in you is always going to be greater. And so we are not, we are not dismayed. We are encouraged by the level of attack of the enemy. Oh, we are? I don't want to be attacked by the enemy. That's what some people are thinking. But you don't understand. The greater he attacks, the greater the anointing that has to come upon you to push him out. Greater is he. The Lord, the Lord is always, he is always greater. Amen. On every campus and every congregation, revival is breaking out. And the harvest, the harvest is here. We're just seeing the beginnings of the harvest. And I'm, I'm not trying to really get a response out of you right now. I'm just stating some things in faith. I'm putting it out in the spirit world. I believe this year some doctors are going to get the Holy Ghost. I believe this year some homeless people are going to get the Holy Ghost. I believe there's going to be some lawyers get the Holy Ghost. I believe the cashier down at Zaxby's is going to get the Holy Ghost. And the waitress or the waiter at Buffalo Wild Wings is going to get the Holy Ghost. And the cashier at Target's going to get the Holy Ghost. And the school teacher's going to get the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? I believe the accountant's going to get the Holy Ghost this year. I believe that white people and black people and brown people and yellow people and red people are going to get the Holy Ghost this year. I believe some poor people are going to get the Holy Ghost and some wealthy people are going to get the Holy Ghost this year. I believe this is the year of the church. Oh, hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise if you believe that. Oh, come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Come on, we're not in a hurry. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. I am excited to be a part of the kingdom of God. Now, the enemy, the enemy will do everything he can in 2022 to keep you out of church. One service doesn't make a difference. Not a big deal. Nobody will even notice that I'm not there. Yes, they will. Yes, I will. Yes, we will. And the devil will know. And God will know. And the church body will know. We will know it. So you ought to declare with your mouth, I'm going to be faithful in 2022. Now, we didn't do this last year. I can't remember. I don't think we did it the year before because it was the year from 2020. Uh, we can just substitute hell for 2020 from here on out. And say if people are lost and say they're going to spend eternity in 2020. <laughs> My God. Amen. So we hadn't done this in the last couple of years to start the year, but the Holy Ghost prompted me. And he said, you're going to need the full unity of the body. You're going to need everybody in position. You're going to need everybody praying. If I'm going to do what I intend to do in 2022. Amen. I didn't intend to rhyme there, but it was cool. 
If I'm going to do what I intend to do in 2022, that might be the new slogan. Amen. We have a new year and a new mission. And it's got to be based and birthed and founded upon prayer. So we are starting this year with a 24-hour prayer chain. And we are going to push every spirit of the enemy out of the way. We're getting ready for a Holy Ghost revival. Amen. If you're under attack, just celebrate. Just celebrate. That means the enemy knows something you hadn't realized yet. Don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. I'm really not trying to get a response out of you. But we're going to start with prayer. <clears throat> Amen. And the Lord's going to lead some of y'all to do some fasting. I don't know that we will do a corporate fast together. We, we may. But the Lord is going to lead some of y'all to do some fasting. Amen. And get, get the flesh under control. Get attitudes under control. Get your unbelief out of the way. Get doubts out of the way. Get carnality out of the way. Get those bad habits out of the way. Get those sicknesses and diseases out of your body. So well, I thought we'd just pray the prayer of faith. That's right. But I also believe it'd be good to go on a three-day fast. If you need a miracle in your body, you ought to just go on a three-day water fast and say right here in the next three days, God's going to heal my diabetes. He's going to heal my anemia. He's going to heal my thyroid. He's going to heal my arthritis. Some of you ought to get serious about it. Time out a second. If I was up here wearing a white coat and a stethoscope, I could tell you to do anything that I wanted to tell you to do, and you'd go home and do it to the letter because you want to feel better. So if you get serious about your healing in your body, you ought to just tell the Lord God, I'm pushing the plate back for three days, and I'm letting you know this is a holy time of consecration, and from head to toe, I need you to heal me. Body, soul, and mind. Oh, I'm ready for a miracle. I'm ready for a miracle. Oh, I'm ready for a miracle. Amen. I'm looking, I'm looking at a church. Just stand on your feet. You'll be all right. I've been on my feet since we started the service. Amen. I'm looking at a bunch of soul winners here. But until you get your hands dirty in the harvest, you can pray about winning souls all you want to. I know it's just, just, just cheating. Hold on. I'm not trying to ramp them up. Just don't, don't be cheating soul winning just by saying, well, I'm praying for the harvest. I'm praying that the Lord would send forth laborers. I'm just not going to be one of them. I'm going to protect my little introverted self right here at the altar and spend time with Jesus. I don't want to get my hands dirty with lost people. That's too much work. That requires me to get out of my comfort zone. I, I need to pray here. I'll pray for the lost, and then I'll, I'll deal with all the chaos going on in my life. I'm going to tell you something. He said, if you take care of my business, I'll take care of your business. And if you'll put my kingdom first, I'll put your house first. Amen. And so you're, you're, going, to have to, you're going to have to pray. And you're going to have to fast. And you're going to have to reach for souls. And somebody is going to heaven this year because you're going to get sick and tired of seeing them lost. I mean it. 
Amen. If God's going to do it. God is going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Praise God. This morning, my goodness, Pastor Jackson, I've heard you preach a lot of men. I don't know that I've ever heard you preach any more powerful than you did this morning. It was absolutely, absolutely powerful. And I appreciate, I appreciate all of these men of God on this platform doing a work for God. They are, they are all, all tremendous preachers. And then recently, I don't know if it was the last, no, it was Thursday before last, Brother Clark uh, taught a wonderful, masterful message. He's such a great teacher. And, uh, and then all of these other men always, every week, every week, bringing the word, word breaking bread, teaching, uh, discipling, teaching Bible studies. And we appreciate our, our ministry team. Appreciate our ministry team. And I'm asking our pastoral, um, I'm sorry, campus pastor, as I saw him labeled today, um, Pastor BK of Louisville Central, just since they've been back in the building, their numbers have almost doubled. Somebody ought to rejoice about it. How many of you believe God can double it in another two weeks and then double it again in another two weeks? Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Right in the middle, right in the middle of Christmas time. Amen. Jesus don't know anything about Santa Claus. He might be coming to town, but he ain't going to heaven. So, sorry, children. He's a good guy. He's just not born again. That's terrible. I got all these children on my side this morning, and they just blew it right there. He's a horrible man. What is he talking about? Amen. He's a good guy. He's just not saved. Amen. Y'all pray for him. Pray, pray for him, amen, amen. I appreciate, I appreciate the work that Pastor BK, Sister Emily Nichols have, they do with our youth here. They've been having, they have been having a pile of young people and teenagers uh, on Friday nights, the youth and their wonderful youth staff um, I don't have time to recognize all of them, but I put my head in the room up there uh, one night, Wednesday night, I think it was maybe, and they were having a youth staff meeting. And I'm telling you, man, it, it looked like the Joint Chiefs of Staff in there getting ready to bomb a nation or something. They're getting ready to bomb hell. And um, so many of our teenagers are seen about them and prayed prayed for them, prayed over them and uh, prayers are made for them and they're covered and encouraged and counseled uh, every week, every week stuff goes on in your teenager's life that you probably don't even know about because you have a student pastor and his wife that have helped them through it and then uh, doing, wearing two hats it's two totally different ball games 
pastoring a congregation and then pastoring a youth group. It's um, how adept they are in moving from one world to the other is, is amazing. From pastoring adults to pastoring youth, adults and youth and children, and then to pastoring adults or youth, I'll get it here in a minute, is, is, um, is remarkable. And I appreciate their passion for both and their burden for both. And uh, he is a tremendous man of God and a great preacher. And I've asked him to preach to us tonight. Would you put your hands together for Jesus? Amen. As he comes. Let's give the bishop a hand. just fine with me if he would have just kept on going. Ain't nobody like the bishop. Tonight I want to preach to you, I'll have plenty of scripture, but tonight I want to preach to you from this subject, why they came. Turn to your neighbor and say, why they came. And if you promise to preach with me and to stay in that vein that we're in right now, and to leave Christmas in next week, you can be seated. Feels good on a Sunday night. I love church. We had a teenage guest here in the last few weeks at Louisville Central. And during the service, he leaned over to one of the saints he said, what time is it? And they told him. And he said, what time does service end? And he said, well, that kind of depends, but, you know, proximate, maybe this. And they said, why, do you need to go? And he said, no, I don't want this to end. I don't want to go back home. Sometimes we take for granted coming to the house of the Lord when there's people out there that are just dying. To know what you know and to have what we have. And I'm thankful tonight that I have revelation and a relationship with him. Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse number 1, says, When he was come down from the mountain, speaking of Jesus, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Mark says it like this, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Jesus moved with compassion. Our world desperately needs 
the compassion of Christ. More than ever, our world needs the church of the living God to have Christ moving through them to be moved by those that are lost. Brother Terry Schock said recently that we must shift from focusing on saints to focusing on sinners. The hour is late. We've got to reach as many people as we possibly can. And so if there are people that want their leprosy back, that's up to them. But there's a leper out there that does not yet know that he can be cleansed. And that's got to be the focus of the people of God. The goblin likes to say when there are empty vessels in the house that the oil flows. And I've seen that to be true so many times. I get excited to get up to preach when there are lost souls in the building because you just know it's going to feel a little different. You know that anointing oil is going to be flowing because there's somebody out there who's not satisfied. There's somebody out there that's looking for something more than what they have, and the Lord is going to meet them, and he's going to speak to them. And so if you want the oil to flow, get empty vessels, and if you just want the oil to flow in your own life, if you feel stagnant, if you find yourself not having the same level of passion as you have in times past, just get yourself in front of a lost soul. Just get across the table from somebody as you're teaching a Bible study. Just have a conversation with somebody that doesn't know what you know. We were out doing door hangers yesterday, and the, the soul winter juices were just flowing. Because there's something about when somebody just opens the door and you just have a brief interaction with them. You just, you just get amped up about it. There's just something about reaching for the loss. And so... If, if you're having trouble feeling passionate, get that oil flowing and get into the harvest field because I guarantee you there's another leper out there that Jesus will lead you to to minister to them so that they might be saved. The leper said to Jesus, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. We see that his words here are either implying that he had seen or heard of Jesus performing the miraculous or that he was taking from the authority that Jesus spoke with and just believing that a man that is speaking with this level of authority undoubtedly has a power that can do something about my situation. But we also see that there is a mingling of faith and unbelief in the statement that he makes. He, he's saying, I believe that you can, but he's also saying, but if you will, that I'm not quite sure. I know you can, and if you will, I know it will happen. And so he believes in the power of God, but does not yet know if it is the perfect will of God for there to be a miracle done in his life and for him to be cleansed. And so this story tonight is for perhaps somebody in the building who knows that God can or, or that knows he can but perhaps is not sure if he will. This story is in here for you. 
Because just as Jesus responded in that moment, that's his response to you tonight if you will come to him and believe. You need to know it is his will for whatever it is that you have need of to be taken care of tonight. So that, that passage right there is for you. You ought to attach your faith to it and say, if that's what he told the leper, that's what he's saying to me tonight as well. He can and he wants to. If you're excited about that, say, I'm excited. Amen. So don't carry your burden any longer. Don't take it home with you another night. Don't live in fear another second. Turn it over to Jesus. Put your faith in him tonight and let him do a miracle on this Sunday night before the week of Christmas. He's the same Jesus. He's got the same power tonight. You may have come in and thought it was just going to be the last Sunday night before Christmas. And God is saying this is your miracle night. This is a night when everything changes in your life. He can do it. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're too much of a mess. Maybe you feel like you've made too many mistakes. Maybe you feel like you are untouchable. Jesus who touched the untouchable. Jesus who touched the lepers that nobody else even wanted to be around. That same Jesus that touched lepers wants to touch you tonight. He wants to move in your situation tonight. It's the same Jesus. So believe it. Just as his power was greater than the leprosy, his blood is greater than your sin. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? He wants to help you. He wants to bless you. He wants to do a work in your life. Believe that. Ask him. Seek after it and know that he is going to move. Matthew chapter 8. Beginning in verse 5, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. But Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. He had the faith to believe that all God had to do was speak the word. I want to ask somebody tonight, how much power, how much faith do you have in the power of God? I want to ask somebody tonight, do you believe that even as the word is going forth, that even as the preaching is going forth, there was one time Paul was preaching, and there was a man that he perceived had the faith to be healed. You don't always have to wait for the altar call. Sometimes right in the seat, wherever you're at, if you'll connect your faith with the word of life, if you'll say, Jesus, as you're speaking right now through the man of God, I receive it, and I believe that it's done. 
If you'll believe it, don't matter who prays for you as long as they've got faith. If we're going to see the greatest harvest we've ever seen, if we're going to see an out-of-control harvest, it's going to be out of control. There isn't going to be any way to control it. It's going to be all hands on deck. It's going to be you believing that all that it takes is another saint. I don't have to have Bishop lay hands on me, but if I can find another brother or a sister, and it's going to take you believing that if there's somebody out there that has a need, you don't have to call Bishop's cell phone. You don't have to call one of the prayer warriors that you can have the faith to believe that as you speak the name of Jesus, that it is going to happen Talking about believing in the power of God like never before. Believe in it. There was a people that began to try to make the laying on of hands some sort of privilege. They were trying to cause it to be something that was, um, they were at one point getting people to pay for their healing. They, they turned it into a business. They were trying to make it exclusive. And you've heard the bishop preach about that and just the history of all that. But we know that that is false doctrine. That it's the enemy's tactic to try to shut down a free flow of the miraculous. So do not listen to the false doctrinites tonight. Don't allow the enemy to tell you that God can't use you to lay hands on the sick, believe that God wants to use you in 2022 to be a part of the miraculous. Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 and 19, while he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him. This is Jairus saying, my daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him and so did his disciples. But while he's on the way, he's interrupted by another lady that has come. Matthew 9, verse 20. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole, and the woman was made whole from that hour. People continually coming to Jesus, one after another. Mark 5, 35, while he yet spake, so he is speaking to the woman with the issue of blood. It says there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, so somebody came from Jairus' house, certain, which said, Thy daughter is dead, why troublest thou the master any further? So they came to him and they said, stop trying to get the miracle. Stop praying. Stop asking him to come. She has already died. There may have been slight hope, but there is not hope any longer. So stop believing that he's going to save her. Stop believing that he is going to turn it around. And I want to tell you tonight, and you know this, that doubt will show up in the midst of the miraculous. 
than in the middle of God doing the impossible. In the middle of him healing a woman that for 12 years had suffered with an infirmity that could not be taken care of. In the middle of that, doubt showed up and said, stop believing for what you were believing for. It showed up and said, it's over. It's too late. Sometimes right in the middle of a move of God, God is touching people. He's healing people. And the devil will come to you and say, it's over. Whatever you came into this building believing for, it's over. You might get a text in the middle of church that says, it's over. Sometimes right in the middle of revival, right in the middle of harvest time where God is doing amazing things, you may get a letter in the mail that says it was bad, but now it has gone to impossible. But I want to encourage somebody's faith tonight that if he's moving, he's headed to your house. Don't stop believing. Don't stop and say, well, he's not there yet and it died and it's over because even if it seems like it dies, even if it seems like it turns to impossible, he's the God of the impossible. He's the God that raises the dead. Jesus is on the way to somebody's house. I said Jesus is on the way to somebody's house. Don't let the doubt come in and cause you to stop believing. There's a miracle on the way to your house. He's coming. Don't let the enemy turn your faith around. Matthew 9, 23 through 26. So they're continuing on to Jairus' house. Jairus does not pay them any attention. He doesn't tell Jesus, all right, she's dead now, don't worry about it. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. The Passion Translation says it like this. When Jesus finally entered the home of the Jewish leader, he saw a noisy crowd of mourners wailing and playing a funeral dirge on their flutes. He told them, you must leave, for the little girl is not dead. She's only asleep. Then everyone began to ridicule him. And after he made the crowd go outside, he went into the girl's room and gently took hold of her hand. And she immediately stood to her feet. If the music of defeat is playing in your life tonight, I want to declare that you need to stop it. That if the music of defeat, if the enemy has showed up and is playing the music of defeat in your life, the enemy is playing the music of defeat about our world right now. He's trying to get us to believe that the greatest days of harvest are over. Obviously, we don't believe it. But there are some people out there that are wondering, what what is it going to look like going forward? They're wondering if everything that has been spoken is really going to come to pass. And the enemy is playing. He has showed up and he is 
playing the music of mourning. But I want to tell you if there's somebody that is skeptical in your ear. If somebody is speaking doubt about revival and about harvest. If they're speaking doubt about God bringing your family into the church. If they're telling you that it's over. That it's dead. That it's never going to turn around. You need to look at them and tell them you got to go. You need to look at them and say get on out of here. You need to say as Jesus said you must leave. Somebody needs to look at the musicians of mourning and say you're not needed here any longer for this situation is not over. It's been an interesting stretch since COVID, but we just put a million dollars into a renovation on this property. It's been an interesting stretch, but LC is now back in Louisville. It's been an interesting stretch, but Jeff is not dead. Somebody needs to take the flute of the adversary tonight. I don't care what's going on in your life. You need to take that stupid flute and you need to break it over your leg and say, get up out of here. You're not needed. You're hired for funerals and there's not a funeral happening in this place. There's a resurrection on the way. God is still up to something. So keep on believing. Keep on believing. Put a song of faith on. Crank it up loud. When the enemy comes in and he begins to speak into your ears, you ought to crank something so loud. You ought to crank faith music so loud and tell him, I can't hear you, devil, that I've got a song, that I've got a faith, that I've still got a word. God's not finished yet. You can't stop what God started. You can't block what God promised. He's on the way. He's on the way. Matthew 20, 30-34. Behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside. When they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I should do unto you? They said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be open. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Mark says that Jesus standing still ordered them to be brought to him. And Mark also adds that Bartimaeus cast away his garment and rose and came to Jesus. The garment was not only his raiment, but was the outer garment thrown loosely over him, And commonly laid aside when persons labored or ran. His doing it denoted haste and earnestness in order to come to Jesus. He'll do it tonight if you'll believe with an urgency. He'll do it tonight if you won't come with a faith that says maybe he will, but there's always next week or next month. But if you'll come tonight like it's going to happen tonight... If you'll cast aside any bit of doubt, any weight, 
that could keep it from happening. I believe God is going to do it in your life tonight. Matthew 9, 32. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake. And the multitudes marveled, saying it was never so seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said he casteth out devils through the prince of the devils. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Matthew 17, 14 through 18, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to the disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Over and over and over, we find those words, there came. We find that people that had a need came to Jesus. There, there was a man, leprosy came to his body, and he came to Jesus. There was a centurion whose servant got sick, and he came to Jesus. There was a father with a son that we just read about that was vexed, and he brought him to Jesus. There was a woman with an issue of blood. It came to her body, and she came to Jesus. No matter what it was, when things came, we find these people coming to Jesus, and they came to him believing. They came to him worshiping. They came to him in humility. I, I want to say again, whatever it is that has come to your life, if you'll come to Jesus, he will do the work. That same Jesus that was the answer for all of those people is the same Jesus that is the answer for you tonight. His power is not diminished. Just as he did every single one of those things, he will do it for you tonight. So if depression has come, come to Jesus. If hopelessness has come, come to Jesus. If financial difficulty has come, come to Jesus. There was a widow woman that came to the prophet and said, the creditors have come. My husband has died and the creditors have come, but she came to the right place and she got an answer. There were people that came against Paul and yea, they even stoned him and thought that they had killed him, but he did not die because he had the spirit of the living God on the inside of him. There was a bear and a lion that came to David, but he walked with the Lord, and therefore what came could not destroy him. There was sin that came into the garden, but there came a Savior, and then there came the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Acts 2, and now we walk in that same authority tonight. I want to say whatever it is, come to Jesus and I'm telling you, he will take care of it. He will do the work that seems impossible. He will do the thing that you have not been able to find an answer to any other way. If you believe it, clap your hands unto him.
I was looking at these people that were coming to Jesus. Every time he entered into a city, they just showed up. Every time he appeared, if he tried to get away, they would find him. They were coming continually. And I began to think about why they were coming. And yes, they came because they were sick. And yes, I understand the Father. He draws people. I understand these things, but there is one thing that I know. There is one thing that you cannot deny that why they came. And that's my title tonight. Why they came is because they heard something. Because it was noised abroad. Because that leper didn't keep it to himself. But he ran out of there saying, he just healed me. I was a leper, but I'm not a leper any longer. They brought somebody that was demon-possessed because they heard from somebody else that was demon-possessed. They heard from another father that said, my son had the same issue. He was vexed by devils just like yours, and I brought him to a man name Jesus I want to remind you tonight that there is power in your witness I want to remind you tonight that there is power in testifying that the greatest harvest that we've ever seen is coming and I'm going to tell you how it's going to come it's because every single one of us is not going to get bored with what God has done for us we're not going to get tired of saying if he did it for me he can do it for you we're not going to let a few years go by and forget to mention to somebody that yes God brought me out of drug addiction yes God brought me out of hopelessness yes God brought me out of depression there is power in your witness I want to ask somebody tonight are you still excited about what God did for you are you still excited that he brought you out of an addiction that you could not come out of I want to ask you tonight that when Jesus did it You couldn't contain the joy that you felt. When Jesus did it, you had to tell somebody because you understood I cannot keep this to myself. But as the years go by, do you still have that same uncontainable joy? As the years go by, do you still look for somebody that looks like they're hurting, that looks like they have a need, and say, hey, I was in your position. I hadn't been saved so long that I'll keep my testimony silent. Your testimony has power. Your testimony has power. And not only are you going to testify about what he has done. And again, I think some of us, you might need to dust off the testimony. Make sure that it doesn't just go away. Make sure that it doesn't die. Make sure because there's power in it. The power of your testimony doesn't have an expiration date. The power It ain't that the power of your testimony works for five or ten years. And then God says, you know what, that testimony's kind of tired. No, because there's still a leper that doesn't know that he can be cleansed. There's still somebody out there. I, I don't care if you told a thousand people God healed you with cancer. There's still somebody out there that does not know that God can heal cancer. Sister Sue, she's not here tonight. She had cancer before. 
She had some lumps come recently. She went to the doctor. They were concerned that the cancer was back. I told her, I said, Sister Sue, we're not going to receive that report. I don't, I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what it looks like. God is the healer. You just keep on keeping on. They took four scans. The first two are back, clear, no cancer. And the next two are going to say the same thing. Sister Sue, tell somebody, because there's somebody out there worried about their own lumps. There's somebody out there that just got a report just like you, and they need somebody to post and say, I was worried. I thought maybe the cancer was back, but it's not. The Lord is the healer. But when God does what he's about to do in your life, because here's what we have to be careful of. We get to a place of where we expect Jesus to do it. And that's not a bad thing. When your faith increases, you expect it to do it. When God doubles your income, you're like, great, I expected it. I praise him for it. It wasn't a doubt in my mind it was going to happen. But what happens is sometimes we're saved so long and we expect it that it doesn't quite hit us like it used to. We're, we're just as appreciative, but it's kind of just like I expected this to happen. And, and I wonder sometimes is that we, we see God do so much, and we've seen him move on our behalf so much that God does a miracle like doubling your income. And 10 years ago, when we just got in church, we would have been all over Facebook saying, if you want God to bless you, pay your tithes, go to church, live for God, because he just doubled my income. When God touches our body years ago, we might have said, my God, I've never had my body touched like this. I've been relying on doctors my whole life. I went down to greater faith. They prayed for me. But when it comes back after you've been saved for a while, you're just like, thank you, Jesus. You did it again. But you've got to keep the testimony fresh. You've got to keep testifying because somebody out there doesn't know that they should expect it. Somebody out there doesn't know God like you know him. Somebody out there is waiting on you to say, it never gets old when God shows up. That I'm not tired of testifying about what the Lord has done in my life. So let 2022 be a year of testifying, among other things. Some of you get ready to post on Facebook of press. Some of you get ready to tell your coworkers, don't keep it to yourself. Take it to work. Take it to work and say, we had somebody that was addicted to drugs. They got set free last night. Because they may be addicted to drugs and you don't even know it. Take it to the city. Take it to the family group text. I know maybe you're saying they've heard enough testimony. They're getting sick of it. No, because somebody may be finally at the end of the rope. That family member that didn't want to hear every other testimony and you stopped testifying because you thought they were sick of it is ready and they're just wondering, is God still moving at greater faith? I know they used to talk about it all the time. They used to text me all the time. Is it still happening? And it is still happening, but they may not know it because maybe you just let the testimony service run out. 
get a fresh passion to tell somebody about what the Lord has done in your life because they're going to start walking through those doors. They're going to start saying, will you pray for me? Will you lay hands on me? Will you? I, I believe that testimony and I want it for myself. Talking about why they came. Don't let it die. Don't let it die. Get ready, some of you, what God is about to do in your life. What God is about to do in some of your lives. It's going to blow your mind, but even more, it's going to blow somebody else's mind. And God is going to get the glory, like Brother Matt said. What God is about to do, the Egyptians are going to have to glorify God. People that don't believe in God are going to have to turn their faith toward him. So get ready. But when it happens, please don't keep it to yourself. When it happens, please tell somebody because they're going to be the next one in the altar throwing their hands up to the Lord saying, God, I want what they have. Lord, I surrender. Lord, I believe. Would you tell somebody about what the Lord is doing? I know it's simple. I know it's not some great revelation, but that's why they came. That's why they just kept on coming because people could not stop talking about it everywhere they went. They were just so surprised. They were just so overwhelmed that they just kept talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. So would you get a fresh passion to talk about what the Lord has done? Let there be a chorus of testimony. Let there be a chorus of God's goodness. We find in one place in Psalms that David said, let the house of Aaron say that his mercy endureth forever. Let all the house of Israel say that his mercy endureth forever. I would say let the bright family say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the Clark household say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the Cole household say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the Seymour house say that he's a miracle working God. Let the Eckert's household say that there's nothing that is impossible for the God that I serve. Let the Fleetwood family say he did it for us. He can do it for you. Because somebody's going to hear you say what they don't hear this family say. And somebody's going to see your post when they don't see somebody else's post. And somebody's going to receive it from you when they might not receive it from somebody else. Why? They came. They're coming. They're coming. There's a fresh wave coming. There's a fresh move of God coming. Just praise him. Come on, you ought to just step out and begin to praise him for what he's about to do. You ought to just step out and begin to declare with fresh faith that God is about to do a work in your life so that you can reach other people. It's for you and for them. You ought to step out and begin to just speak into the atmosphere that it would just begin to go out into the atmosphere that God is a healer that God is a deliverer, that God is a miracle worker, that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Come on, you ought to speak faith right now. 
You ought to lay hands on your neighbor and say, I believe it's coming for you. You ought to encourage yourself and encourage somebody else. You may just need to testify to yourself and say, do you remember what happened five years ago? You might need to speak to yourself and say, I've seen God do it. Listen here, BK. I know there's a new situation, but let me remind you what Jesus did two years ago. Come on, somebody needs to encourage yourself in the Lord. Somebody that feels overwhelmed. You need to testify to yourself and say, I remember what the Lord did and he's about to do it again come on what is it that you need come on he's moving he's moving I dare you to believe for it right now I dare you to reach for it right now if you've prayed for it before pray again if you've been believing for it for five years believe again it's about to happen it's about to happen he's about to show up in your world he's about to rearrange he's about to turn the tide of the adversary he's about to break the yoke he's about to break the attack the resistance is about to be destroyed Come on, praise him in advance. You ought to see the testimony that's about to come out of your mouth in the spirit. And you ought to begin to praise him for it. Come on, what do you think your testimony is going to be? In the spirit right now, I want you to see that testimony. I want you to see yourself telling people, God just did this. And whatever that is, just begin to praise him for it. Somebody get ready. You're about to testify that God just brought your kid back into the kingdom of God. Somebody get ready to testify that God brought your spouse back to the kingdom of God. Somebody get ready to testify that he just saved your aunt, your uncle, your niece, your nephew. You better get ready. Testimonies are on the way. And then people are on the way because of the testimonies that are on the way. Come on, find somebody to join in faith with right now. Begin to pray for what's about to happen in 2022. Come on, begin to pray about what's about to happen on every campus. The testimonies are about to be on another level at main campus, at LC, at Hope, across the metro. They're coming. They're coming.